What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Back Road Road Podcast, where the business in the front meets the party in the back. It's a pleasure for us to uh, entertain you today. Uh, Today on the schedule, we have some stuff going on. We're going to recap last week and talk about some feedback that we had there again. We're also going to be talking about UCL injuries. We've got another injury report for you, just like we had with Antonio Brown last week. We're going to be talking about some UCL injuries and the protocols around it and some of the new and advanced ways that uh, we're handling the UCL injury. So I hope you enjoy everything that we have planned for you today, and let's get this thing going. I got a bad feeling about this. And we're live. What's up, bros? What up? What's up? It's early in the morning for us, uh, so we're going to try and keep our energy up. Let's do a roll call. Let's do that. We got Jay Money. We got... Howdy do. We got Zach Man. Present. We got uh, Austin. Howard, you. I'm fine. Howard, you. That was bad. <laughs> and we got, that was real bad. We got the original Trey. He's back. What's up? He's still alive. <laughs> I guess he's barely he's functioning. He's a back row bro again, I guess. <laughs> Rocking a cowlick. Classic. All right, and I'm, I'm going to go with Colt today. I'm going short. That's my roll we call. We still need 100 likes. Colt. Hunter follows on Instagram. Colt. Colt comes out. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. A couple of things. Um, we want to start off with a recap of last episode. Um, so... One of the things we talked about last episode was our big topic was cryotherapy. Um, I found a, I follow a science for sport on Instagram. It's awesome. If you guys want to go check it out, um, go give them a follow. They always put out some pretty good stuff. Um, one of the things that they posted was on cryotherapy. Um, they have our little recommendations at the bottom of their post, and uh, they recommend after their uh, research review, they recommend using it less than six hours after you exercise. Um, they used it 30 seconds at negative 60 degrees Celsius at first, and then two minutes at negative 35 degrees Celsius. So that's what they found um, to work for them. Um, I think they also had a post about cold water immersion and, and delayed onset muscle soreness. We're not going to get into cryotherapy. I just wanted to uh, give them a shout out and then just kind of wrap that up a little bit um we also got some feedback finally (laughs) we've been begging for it and uh somebody gave us some feedback who did the feedback colt uh one of our classmates here joel you read the feedback all right here is our feedback from young k016 uh This is what she said. I think if y'all want this to really last after school and into clinicals, y'all need to have a schedule. Every Monday or every Tuesday or whatever y'all release a podcast. But I think to engage y'all's listeners and to have them look forward to a release, you need to really encourage questions. The stickers were a good idea to promote feedback, but maybe if y'all read questions out loud, people would be more willing to ask. People like, like being mentioned. Makes them feel important. Think like Mike Raynald show. Bam. There's my two cents. So thank you, Young K016. We appreciate your feedback, and we will take that into consideration. You do realize that's Kelly Young, right? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) 
Young K on the track. Well, okay. th- thanks, Kelly. But my uh, handle is that cool? We need we need questions. Still, we don't get questions. Send us a question, Kelly. That was good. Though. I think um, Friday is going to be our release day. Yes, sir. Friday. 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 Um, so just for future reference, that's when we're going to try and do some release episodes. Tight. Um, so she gets a free sticker. Hope you enjoy it. Put Lady. it on your Yeti. Put it on your car. Ooh, I like the car. Yeah, really advertise. Car. Get a tattoo of it. Even better. If we get 200 followers, Joel's getting a tattoo of Back Row Bros on his forehead. <laughs> That's too low. That's too low, man. I wouldn't do it. 250. I get a BRB somewhere. <laughs> where, where would you? Okay, let's just say you were to get a Back Row Bros uh, tattoo. Where are you putting it? Mm. Like. Are you are you going logo? Ooh, that would hurt, but yeah, sure. <laughs> I guess you could make the white part the only part that you put in ink. You know, you don't have to do the square. I'd that have to go. Uh, I'd have to go butt cheek. Butt cheek. Butt cheek. Good call. Good call. All right, today, moving on, we're gonna talk about. UCL injuries, so the ulnar collateral ligament. That's a fun one. Most common in overhead in athlete throwing athletes, so baseball players and the such. It's going to be an overuse injury, and it's just going to come from that repetitive motion. And, yeah, what do you guys know about the UCL injury? You know, it's commonly confused with little league elbow. Ooh, good call. It is. Little league elbow is just growth plate damage little league elbow <laughs> is just growth plate damage so that's right don't get caught up there Zach we had a little research mm. on yeah, UCL research on I guess technically league. not UCL per se but yeah it started off that way yeah and uh, we had a lot of research on it and I seems to forget <laughs> it seems to be leaving you yeah we did we did pictures I mean that's all we looked at were collegiate pictures which was fun uh, shout out to the Spring Hill and South Alabama baseball teams yes. for letting us practice on them uh, there was a good bit of guys with UCL injuries on those teams yeah I think uh, nine out of the 39 it was it was eight out of the 39 okay. had UCL yeah. injuries were they all pitchers or repairs all of them were pitchers, yeah. All yeah. Them were pitchers. Okay. Dang, 39 pitchers? Oh, 39 were the one who had. 39 total pitchers. Oh, okay. Yeah, there were 20 at South and 19 oh, okay. at Spring Hill. Two universities. But um, we're trying to get that published. Yeah. So, so it, you might see that. a poster in Denver if you go in January. That's What's right. going on in Denver? Oh, we got a little conference, APTA conference. Is that going the on. Uh, combined sections meeting? Yeah, I think so. Do you, do you guys know the date for that? All right. So for the combined sections meeting, it will be taking place February 12th to February 15th of 2020 in Denver, Colorado. Hope to see you there. All right. Back to UCL. So what's the deal, guys? Is it why is why are UCLs in, UCL injuries so common? Is it because uh, weakness in the elbow, or is it maybe more weakness in the shoulder that's causing them to rely on their elbow more? And cause that injury. Well, 
the research that we did was kind of trying to answer that question. Yeah, actually. it started off that way. Yeah, it was uh, it was that proximal stability of the scapula that we focused on. Um, not much of a correlation there. Yeah, we didn't find. So, so tell us the nature of y'all study. Like, what did, what did you measure? What were you looking for? And what were your results? Well, the beginning of our study was um, the measurement of the gapping at the humeral ulnar joint. We did an ultrasound there, diagnostic ultrasound. It started off that way while the rest of the group was measuring uh, the scapular muscle strength, scapular stabilizing muscle strength. Which ones, like we trap, had, rhomboid? Yep, middle trap, rhomboid, serratus anterior, lower trap. Um, I'm missing some. There was five total, right? Yeah. You just named four? Yeah. We'll leave them hanging. Go check it out yeah. in Denver. <laughs> Go find out that other, that other scapular muscle stabilization. Uh, it sucks. Uh, but yeah, we were trying to see if there's a correlation between gapping and the strength of those stabilizers. But the study ended up going towards um, those with injuries that had UCL injuries. Was there a correlation between their scapular muscle strength and their counterparts that didn't have a UCL in- injury? So we ended up not finding anything that was correlated to that other than serratus anterior. Yeah being a common denominator between that. Um, injuries and stress anterior weakness, so. Which is a scapula stabilizer. Yeah, yeah. But I think the big thing with the, the UCL is just the amount of force that you're putting through yeah. your elbow when you snap that ball. That's what they were talking about with, uh, with our later injury report is that he throws pretty hard downhill. So when he snaps, I mean, that's, yeah. just, that's a lot going through that elbow. A lot that's of valgus force. Yeah put on the, on the elbow. And I remember at CSM, um, I guess that was 2018, we were listening to Dr. Andrews, and uh, he said, you know, there's not many guys that are actually born with the gift of throwing fast. Yeah. You know, there's, there's only a small number of guys that really need to be throwing that hard. It's and, an unnatural motion. Yeah. Really. It doesn't look... And it's, <laughs> he said something along the lines of, like, really all those pitchers throw at a level that's so high that it should tear every time they throw. But, I mean, they've adapted, and that UCL has gotten stronger over time. And the muscles surrounding it, too. Yeah. That's a big thing for prevention, from yeah. a prevention standpoint. And, and there was a, there's something else to our research, our literature review, that was about um, those uh, wrist flexors that helped prevent that injury as well, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. Those wrist flexors are also a risk factor if they're weak. All right. Well, do we want to get into uh, an injury report today, Cole? Yeah, let's sound it off. Injury report. Ooh. All right. Well, today we are going to talk about Chris Sale, pitcher for the, the Boston Red Sox. The $30 million man, getting paid $30 million a year. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Mm, but, that money. But Chris Sale, statistically, is having his worst season since 2012. He's mm-hmm. got a he's 6-11 with an ERA of 4.4, and he's only pitched 147 in the third innings, which is his lowest since 2012. And the Red Sox are not making the playoffs. They're, they're, they're out. And so Chris Sale came down to, came down to Florida, visited uh, – 
the Dr. James Andrews on Monday, and they did a little couple of tests, and he doesn't have a UCL tear at this time, or at least they couldn't find one. So, but it was mainly just a bunch of inflammation because he's been having pain in his elbow for pretty much half the season now. Just and it kind of makes up for his numbers because he's actually a really good pitcher. So, to kind of counteract some of that inflammation, they he received a platelet-rich plasma injection. And we're going to get into that in a little while, but that's the standard treatment for partial MUCL tears. And they're going to come back in four to six weeks for a reevaluation of his elbow. But unfortunately, a Tommy John surgery is still an option, which we all know is Tommy John surgery is the pretty much the gold standard for a UCL surgery. The first one took place back in the 1970s with on a pitcher named Tommy John, so that's why it's called that. But it's basically a UCL reconstructive surgery. It seems like, too, while we were doing our um, research with the pitchers, it seems like they they almost – it's not it's not like bad news for them to have Tommy John surgery, no. you know what I mean? It's almost like, well, good. It's going to be stronger than my original UCL. Yeah. Well, they're getting a brand-new ligament. I mean, they're completely replacing – the torn part of the entire ligament yeah and they get to like screw it down yeah i've heard the stories that you throw harder yeah after tommy john but they also like we mentioned in the research too they get time to rest yeah that's that's true get stronger not be stressed by the daily life of a baseball player because isn't like the average like uh recovery time for Tommy John like at least a year yeah, like nine months about, at the quickest ooh, we're gonna get into that I got I got some research uh, on that right. man. stay tuned yeah <laughs> jump ahead here so so tell me what is platelet rich plasma injection so with platelet rasm- platelet <laughs> raspberry <laughs> raspberries with platelet rich plasma therapy they're gonna draw some of your own blood send it through a centrifuge just spin it up real quick and uh, separate the platelets from everything else they're gonna take that platelet-rich plasma, and they're going to stick it into where it's injured, so they're going to inject it in there, and the thought behind it is that a concentration of your own platelets will accelerate the healing of injured tendons, ligaments, muscles, and joints, and so it's going to use your own individual healing system to improve your musculoskeletal problems. Pretty awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, technology is here, man. The future is here. That sounds really cool, but I mean, when I was kind of looking through some of the research, um, a lot of that stuff, a, a lot of the, the research articles that I found, they did, it didn't seem to make, you know, it, it wasn't a better, um, it wasn't a better, what's the word I'm looking for, therapy, I guess, than either Tommy John surgery or some kind of conservative therapy. And then they're also, like, placing it everywhere for just about anything. Okay, so not just UCL. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. So there's not a whole lot of science that's going to back up this PRP, the platelet-rich plasma injections, but there are certain cases where it does, there, it has helped. Yeah, And that's going to be, sure. the big one is with, like, knee osteoarthritis. It goes in there and helps clean all that a out. A lot of that around here. Yep. And then the other one is it it does kind of help bring down the inflammation with certain ligament injuries or like tendonitis or something. It'll it'll bring down the inflammation a little bit, but the science on it healing a ligament is still kind of out there. They're still doing some. I mean, I found that one article that's called Can Platelet-Rich Plasma Therapy Save Patients with 
ulnar collateral ligament tears from surgery. And their research, they had 30 baseball players and 25, 30 baseball players with like partial or total UCL injuries. And their research said that 25 of the 30 were able to go back to their prior level of competitive function. But I mean, it's a very small sample size. And there was only five professional baseball players. Yeah. So, and then I think the science, like the results with total UCL tears was not as good as partial. So I think with the partial, it is able to help heal that a little bit, but it's not going to heal a completely torn right. ligament. That's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like what platelets are responsible for, I mean, they're not just like this, you know, backwoods hidden, like mystical medical property where you have them in your body already. It's just increasing the concentration for an injured tissue. Right. So it makes sense to be used in partially torn versus full torn because they're not going to do anything for a full torn ligament per se. They may decrease the inflammation and swelling in the area because that's what they're naturally responsible for. But bridging the gap between a broken or a completely torn ligament is just yeah, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to That's what the uh, I looked up what the American Association of Orthopedic Surgeons had to say on it. And they said that it's often used with acute sports injuries, so your ligament muscle injuries, and that it's been used to treat professional athletes with common sports injuries like a pulled hamstring or knee sprains. But there's no definitive scientific evidence. However, the therapy actually improves the healing process in these types of injuries. So it seems like it's something that we haven't fully understood yet, but definitely could help you out yeah, instead so of going, under, going underneath the needle. Right. Yeah. I'd rather do a PRP injection than a go in there and get cut up because then you do get the four to six weeks of rest. Yeah. And maybe that's going to help with your injury. So I think if you don't have a full ligament tear, yeah, this is the way it's to like go. It's like the Antonio Brown thing. I mean, these athletes are trying to stay ahead of the science. So anything that can help speed up the recovery, and they're going to go for it and they're going to try it. So I think it may be really good at jump-starting the recovery process getting the inflammation out quicker that way the healing can start for partially torn ligaments or anything like that does it change how we would treat them have you seen anything about that well i think with the i don't think pts are going to do much treating in this scenario with the prp they're gonna do it's kind of like a rest thing see what happens okay there may be a little bit of physical therapy in there, but it's more about getting the platelet-rich plasma in there, let the platelets do its thing, because that's the way it goes. And Yeah. I figure we'd still be in there working on something. And we might. I, just, I didn't find anything on it. Or maybe it's, you know, athletic trainer might be more in charge of that, depending on the situation. Well, it sounds like it's, it's a lot like a, a lot of the other things that we talk about. Um, a lot of things help a certain situation or injury um, and it's tough to tell like which one is best so clearly like there's enough evidence I think to say it it helps it's just a matter of when you compare it to something else like PT or like just even resting for you know four weeks or whatever um, maybe that's a little tougher maybe that's a little more of a gray area oh yeah but, it's definitely not a universal fit-all but yeah I think it has its places with inflammation and your arthritis is and your tendonitis is so it'll be interesting to see how the the science keeps going on it yeah it'll be interesting to see how that dude recovers too we'll find out in four to six weeks maybe i'll give a little update like we're going to go into with antonio brown 
All right, uh, Zach, can you tell me what a Tommy John surgery is? <laughs> Thought we just discussed this. Uh, He's quizzing. He's got a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's a UCL reconstruction. So just like ACL, you get a new ligament per se, even if it's from a muscle, muscular tendon or something like that. Where do you think the most common replacement tendons come from for a Tommy John? Uh, what's that extra tendon? Palmaris longus? You think they Palmaris use that? Palmaris longus. Oh, was that right? That's one of them. They use that one. They use, they, they'll even take one from your hamstring. Okay. Or the one of the, the big toe extensor. Wait, so. they use a tendon to replace a ligament? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's weird. <laughs> Either that or they can do the, the like pig ligament. Isn't that, isn't that another thing? Like, <laughs> they take a ligament from it. What's that called? That's Allograft. 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 Hologram. An autograft is where it comes from yourself. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I knew that one. Just think. You know, Allo, I think he's coming from your friend Alan, Allograph. Your friend, the pig. Your, <laughs> your, your friend, your pet pig, Alan. Yeah. Well, an Allograph can come from like a cadaver. So I right. thought that was That's called right. something else. Yeah. No. No. That's They're both Allografts? Yeah. Allo and Allo. Yeah. Huh. I thought there was like a Xenograft or something. Oh, yeah, that's something. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're the back row bros, okay? We're not some, some scientists. We never claim to be experts. We told you to ch- be doing a lot of fact checking. Yeah, fact checkers. So. So, so, say, you know, after we graduate, we get a job, Boston Red Sox, right out of school, as a physical therapist. That's um, a prayer. You take a, you take I mean, a, take very a Mike likely. Job? Mike Ryan's uh, job? Yeah, like He's a Red Sox guy. Chance, uh, Chris Sale comes to us. He has just had Tommy John surgery. Is there some kind of protocol or, you know, something oh, we is. can go by? Because uh, I really don't know where to start. So on my sure six-week clinical in Tuscaloosa, I had a, a UCL patient. Okay. So it was... pitcher? No. Hey, HIPAA, get out of here, man. <laughs> <laughs> so... You're gonna start off. You're gonna start off pretty slow. They're in one of those braces that's gonna lock them there and, and kind of bend because you don't want to extend the elbow and stress that and stress the uh, stress the ligament that they just put in. So they're in there, and you're gonna be doing a lot of isometrics. There's a lot of shoulder isometrics and um, biceps and triceps work, and you're also gonna do a bunch of just squeezing, squeezing the ball or something just to get those muscles activated again and. So it's a real slow start to the process because you're just working on getting the range of motion there, but you can't you can't push the range of motion. So I think the first there's like three phases, and the length of the phases are going to differ. But right after surgery, you're going to be in a brace for 60 to 90 degrees angle, and you're going to start with those isometrics. And so that's the first phase. And then one or two weeks after your surgery, you can start moving that joint. So you'll start moving it a little bit, getting some more range of motion. But I remember in the protocol we had, there was limits every week for how far you That's can go with that range of passive motion. Passive range of motion, right? Or passive or active. Okay. They can start doing active range of motion, but it's, it's very limited. We were very slow with how to go with it. And then though, eventually you come out of that brace once we can trust you that you're not gonna just start whipping your arm around. But, so the second phase is also range of motion, and then the third phase is going to be working on strength with regular physical therapy, 
and you're going to regain that normal range of motion in about two to four months after your surgery. So it's not a fast process at all. And then if you're a competitive thrower, you can return to, to throwing in about six to nine months, but it's going to take you anywhere from nine to a little over a year to return to your competitive level. So Tommy John, is it's not a, it's not a quick surgery and come back. That's for sure. It's, that's longer than an ACL, I would think, isn't it? Or yeah. About the same it time? It may be about the same. Um, so if he opted to get it now, surgery, he, he wouldn't be back until the playoffs next year. No, yeah, I guess. Unless he was on a fast track in nine months, he'd yeah. come back at the all-star break. But, yeah, but I mean. Big decision I, for a professional athlete. Well, I think you want to, as much as having a reconstructed ligament is, it's it's not going to be the same as your original ligament. So, I mean, and if you look at it, a lot of pitchers, they don't come back from Tommy John. I mean, not to where they were before. So if you can prevent that surgery, then you should prevent that surgery. I mean, the only guy I know of is Johnny Venters. He's had three Tommy John surgeries, wow. and he was still pitching. It was wild. Right. So that's that's kind of the Tommy John. We can maybe we'll post like a protocol with the with the episode notes that we can find. But it's basically going to be focused on decreasing inflammation in the first couple first week, range of motion in the second phase, and then full range of motion in the third phase with strengthening. So. But a lot of it is focused on what y'all's research was with the the proximal musculature. Yeah. So there may be something to it. That's what we mentioned in the paper, too, is, like, because that's such a focus during therapy, these guys have had that UCL injury that we were testing on. They seemed super strong back there. I mean, they had some stout scapulas. Yeah. And uh, it might just be because therapy was so focused on that region of the body yeah because our well our, our once we changed um once we took the ultrasound and like the gapping measurements out of the research and we were just looking at the difference in strength i mean our original hypothesis was that people who have had ucl reconstructive surgery were going to be weaker mm-hmm. and they weren't right so do you think after they've had the surgery that because it's i uh even though it's a still a tendon from the body it's still compromised, not as strong as the original, so they have to develop that strength to be able to get back to where they want to be. Yeah, they definitely have to develop the strength. Um, I, but you too remember, like we just said, like they, the since they've been pit, most of these guys who are doing it have been pitching for a long time, so the UCL ligament was stretched out. That's why we were measuring the gapping to like see if we could predict injury see if there was a correlation between the amount of gapping, which basically was UCL laxity, and then injury throughout the season. So when you get a new UCL, when they put a new ligament in there, they're tightening that bad boy up. Like, you're, you're not going to have as much mobility. So, yeah, and I think, I think it's usually stronger. The graft is usually stronger than the original ligament, just on, like, tensile forces. That's how it is for the ACL, at least. Well, we want to hear from you. If you've had a UCL injury or a Tommy John surgery, we kind of want to know what your process was or if you have, if we've said anything wrong here that you want to correct, let us know. Hit us up with that feedback. Also, fun fact, a xenograft was a tissue uh, graft from a donor who's not the same species as you. Oh, so okay. that's the pig. AKA pig. There you go. Nice. Our pig, Xeno. 
All right, we want to give uh, one more shout-out for this episode. Um, I put out a poll for a topic we might be covering in some future episodes. Um, it was a quick one-question uh, poll. Uh, if you haven't taken it, go to our Instagram page and click on the link in our bio to take it. It's super fast. Um, but I just reached out to some different people on multiple social media platforms. And um, Rehab Science which has like over 400,000 followers on Instagram. He just took my post and he put it on his own um, Instagram story. So what a guy, whoever, I don't know, do you know the name of the guy? Dr. Tom Walters. Dr. Tom Walters. We appreciate that, Dr. Walters. And so this is directed right towards Dr. Walters, or if he ever listens to this, (laughs) or anybody else that's like, (laughs) in the profession and more knowledgeable about some of the topics that we might discuss. Um, Pretty much everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, uh, just give us the feedback and we'll, we'll make any corrections that need to be made because um, we want you know the, the mentor type feedback as well. Um, so anyway, shout out to Rehab Science. We appreciate that. Trey, what do you want to talk about, bro? I've been here what do you got going on? Did you have a dream last night? Did you have any dreams? Nope. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it has come to our attention that on Apple Podcasts, if you swipe twice after searching the APTA on in the search bar, that our podcast has made it to that page. So we appreciate you guys. Appreciate the uh, publicity. Keep listening. And hopefully we'll be able to swipe zero times and be on the front page. Yes. That's the goal. Slow clap. All right, Trey, it's been a minute. Um, we started uh, doing a fake sponsor each podcast. We're trying to just get get the word out, trying to get some sponsors on board. So I'm going to ask you, legal? <laughs> dude, if it's not it's legal, questionable. we do say fake. We do say fake. Oh. We we'll have to fake. ask our lawyer. The Ooh. first time we didn't say fake, and I was like, we can't do that. Yeah. But we can say fake, fake, and be like, who do you want as a fake sponsor? It's oh. kind of the deal. What if we right. like change it by like a letter or two? That way, it's even like more. sponsor. No, like the name of the sponsor. No, that's been no. terrible. Dude, okay. just say. Okay. You got okay. something? Your fake yeah. Sponsor. You got something? Yeah. What's your fake sponsor of the day, Trey? All right. Well, today this podcast wouldn't be able to be brought to you without Apple computers. Ooh. Man, that's a good one. Apple's been around for a while. You know, they're kind of falling off a little bit here recently. But man, our producer and editor and team leader, he has an Apple computer, and uh, <laughs> without it. This wouldn't happen. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Apple. That's great. That's Thanks, good. Apple. But Trey uses an HP. <laughs> <laughs> Trey uses an HP. And also this episode, we had a system failure. Oh, yeah. Oh, we oh. almost lost this. We almost lost this. So get it together, <laughs> Apple. So send us, brand, send us all brand new ones and Apple Watches and uh, new iPhones. And the AirPods, man. AirPods. AirPods. Black and, ones. Yep. I don't they have black AirPods? They should. Oh. Oh. Ooh. Branding idea. <laughs> I'd like a new iPad too. That'd be dope. Looking forward to it, Apple. Thank you. <laughs> Millennials. All right. <clears throat> Close us in a quote. All right, guys. Just to keep you on your ed- on the edge till next week. Here's you a quote of the day to live your life by. Whenever life pants you, moon with grace. We'll let them, we'll let that sink in until next time. Mm-hmm. Just think about that. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening. We really appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, If you could go a little step further for us and follow us slash like all of our posts on social media, 
And uh, yeah, stay tuned. We'll see you next week. Thank y'all for joining in to the Back Row Bros. You already know. Alright, today's episode we talk about the UCL and the platelet-rich plasma injection. Hope you listen and don't reject us. We like it when you go on Twitter and add us and subscribe. That's the fad. So do it, and we're looking forward to it. Oh, <laughs> dude, that was good, okay, man. That yeah. was freaking I'll, good. I'm going platinum on that one. <laughs>